The date is Friday, November 20th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. This week, Nick throws us into the atomic badlands of the United States as we delve into an alternate universe where, possibly, the Cold War ended a little differently. So we explore the vast, lore-filled worlds of the Fallout series of games. Enjoy! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of your favorite podcast, I have to assume. Entertain this. Entertain this. It's so nice to have you back. Uh, <laughs> that one was bad. I didn't like that one. Oh, you want to go again? Uh, yeah. Uh... <clears throat> Do you want me to set you up? <clears throat> yeah, so sure. You can spike Please. it? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is a podcast capsuling all things entertainment. We are Entertain This. Entertain This. How'd you feel about that one? It was better. Not, like it? not my crowning achievement, but I approve. I still like it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, uh, last year we mentioned, last year, last week, felt like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. It was a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> last week we mentioned uh, that we were uh, coming off the cusp of the election. Hey, guess what? Came and went. Came and went by. I hope by the time that this episode goes out, this is all cleaned up. But right now, man, it's a big old mess, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, according to one side and according to the other, it's everything's fine right now. Well, one so. side's causing a mess for the other, unfortunately. Yeah, it's kind of been the epitome of everything. Yeah. And like <laughs> that's all politics of America. in a nutshell. Um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's American history in a nutshell. <laughs> but I have, a, I have a new favorite website, if you guys uh, want to pull it up. Sure. Um, so we can all experience this together. And you guys at home can do this as well. You just want to go ahead and launch Safari. We're going to go to www. www.loser.com. Mm, okay. I know what this is. Go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> yep. Okay. It's Donald Trump's Wikipedia page. It takes you straight to Donald Trump's <laughs> Wikipedia page. Ain't that just something? Yeah. I mean, do you know how much that domain probably costs? Oh, yeah. It costs loser.com. A lot is yeah. what it probably costs. But the owner of the domain went ahead and did this for us, this nice little cherry on top. Uh, okay. And we thank them for it. Um, a lot of politics are going on right now. Let's talk about a game that maybe isn't completely uh, ridden with politics, shall we? Well, everything's political by nature. <laughs> Actually, this is an extremely political game. We, we're not going to get into politics this episode. But aren't we? I'm going to avoid it, okay? I'm going to avoid it. But are you? I'm not going to say anyone's bad, You really. might, but we won't. Okay. <laughs> but the politics, I am apolitical. The politics <laughs> this of the episode. game is different. Also, the game is kind of set in a place that is very political. Well, here, let's let's like Nick kind of run run into his own little situation. Yeah, here. you go ahead. Oh. You run into the fire. You start putting it out, and we'll get your back once you start burning. What, what game is this that I'm talking about? I don't know. It's your week. I was oh. just trying to throw you in. Well, I I want to talk about something that first caught my attention. Is he gonna stick it? Is he gonna stick the landing? When <laughs> the Xbox 360 was first released, and it was the one of the first three video games that I bought with like my own money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that puts it. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Thanks. Sorry about that. I appreciate it. That so, yeah. spit take. What was that about? <laughs> I don't have COVID. There you go. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. What was I talking about? Oh, fall- <laughs> okay. So fall- Fallout Three. No, I'm good. Okay, my bad. Oh, God, Alex just spit his beverage all over Michael right I now. I want to take a little sip, and it went down the wrong pipe, <laughs> as it is so often to do. It was bad. Yeah, okay. I was just kind of caught in the. Uh... Oh, did some get on you? Yeah, I got some all over my arm. I wiped it <laughs> off already. 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> on my nice. You still seem to be cowardly. couch. Are you? It's not gonna happen again. No, I'm good. I'm just you know in a permanent state now. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Alex and Michael are sitting six feet apart. Uh, it was a big spray. Six meters. If this is six feet to you. <laughs> not very good at judging length i guess uh but the other two games in case you guys are curious were halo 3 and call of duty 4 um, classic so those absolute, are the three classics yeah absolute fallout fucking 3 bangers uh-huh. halo 3 uh-huh and call of duty 4 uh which game do you think we're talking about in this episode leave this, your answer in the comments below this episode we're Don't talking you? about uh fallout one Did of the fallout because if so you were right. Yeah, That's nice right. job. Ding, nice ding, job, ding. everyone. If you didn't, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you all got it right because Nick had already said it. So yeah, it's already in the in the probably the title thing. Oh, potentially, maybe it's in the description. I don't know. It's up to you. Can all. you figure out a way to not put it there? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's a mystery episode. <laughs> we'll just call it episode uh, 38 and leave it at that. So I played games like Oblivion, and I had no mm. clue that these games were even called RPGs, but I knew that I enjoyed these particular types of games. I'm the guy that plays through these RPGs multiple times, sometimes as different builds, sometimes not, if if not just to relive the experience again. But as I said before, I'm not here to talk about Fallout 3 or Oblivion or even Skyrim. This game is attractive to me because it was born out of the obsession with the zombie apocalypse around the time, and I think a lot of us were glommed onto that idea with The Walking mm. Dead coming out, uh, and this kind of post-apocalyptic obsession was born. And it's not until the great COVID-19 pandemic of 2020 that we realize, yes, we live in a dystopian post-apocalyptic world. And no, it's not as fun as it seems. All that aside, I'm here to talk about one of my favorite games of all time, Fallout 4. Mm. So open up your pit boys and tune to entertain this radio, because on this episode, we're going nuclear. Ooh, that was a hot intro. Add in a little music, <laughs> little music lead in here. That'd we can nice. just we can just do the bomb sound effect. The Wait, can you do the? <laughs> I don't. Set the world on fire. So, what do you guys know about Fallout? The series, the game, uh, everything. I know a lot. I know that started as point and click. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, right. it originally started. It was originally made by a completely different company too mm-hmm. than Obsidian. Like, yeah, uh, which Obsidian went on to make Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas, mm-hmm. and most recently they made a sci-fi Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds, yes. Yep. Yeah, they made Outer Worlds uh, kind of as a response to Fallout because <laughs> Fallout seventy six wasn't going so made, well. Who made uh, Bethesda? Bethesda. Mm-hmm. Bethesda bought Fallout. Let them make uh, Fallout New Vegas. Right. And they were like, man, we're back in Fallout. Yeah, so and much. like New Vegas is regarded like pretty widely as the best of the modern Fallout. I'd say yeah, so. yeah, because yeah. people love it. It was a great game. Um, and they were like, hey, let us do more. But Bethesda was like, no. <laughs> Bethesda was like that guy who like brings the guitar to the party and it's like playing like the basic chords. And then somebody's like, oh, dude, can I try? And they like start rocking on it. And he just like takes it away and doesn't give it back. Yeah. He's like, much. no, the guitar's was going to be my thing. So I don't want you to play. You're wearing the strings, bro. You wearing down the strings. I'm just going to put it away. And that's anyway, what, here's Wonderwall. That's what Bethesda did. They just took the, the, the thing that, uh, they were doing really well, and with Fallout New Vegas, they were like, you can't do it anymore. So yeah. as a response to that, they were like, well, we're going to make a game that's very similar to it, but 
better. And they made better. Outer Worlds. And it is Outer, better. And it Outer is Worlds better. is really good. It's Outer Worlds game. is great. It's like, it's a little not fully fleshed out, like in the same way that Fall right. games were. But at the same time, it's still a good game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, anytime you look at a game that has the scope of a Fallout game or an Outer Worlds, mm-hmm. you're going to miss some marks on fleshing it out. Open world games are never going to be completely fleshed out. Unless yeah. there is like a bunch of other supplemental stuff. Yeah. Like how like The Witcher 3 is. Um, <laughs> you can get lost in Witcher 3. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Uh, or a game that I am really looking forward to that's coming out here in the next month or so. Cyberpunk. If you're lucky, cyber. If you're lucky, yeah. Like Ooh. I'm really looking forward to it. Cyber hunk. Cyberpunk re- removed its release date from its Twitter page. Oh, boo-hoo. again? Yeah, it's not on there anymore. No, they just came out and reaffirmed that their release date like yesterday. Did they? Because I yeah. think I think it was. I'll believe this, it when I see it. How I think that? it was earlier this week that I saw. Um, I saw that they had Let's completely see. removed it. Cyber. Punk 2077. This is as of Wednesday, November 11th, by the way. It's Veterans Day for uh, us in the U.S. I've got a story about a veteran. Yeah, no, the release date's still December December 10th. Is it still doing it? Yeah. December December 10th. 10th. Okay, Okay, I'll mark my calendar. Good shit. You know... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna waste any more time. But yeah, sorry. To say. <laughs> uh, yes, I know Fallout very well. So, so we both we're on the same page. Like we get it. We all know Fallout. Mm-hmm. We know Fallout. This mm-hmm. is this is one that we all know. Okay. So you're about to, y'all about to get an earful out there. Maybe maybe we'll get some fun facts. I, I hope y'all cleaned out your ears because we're about to fill them with Fallout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hope we not wax nuclear radiation kind of instead. <laughs> radiation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, before I drop the bomb here, let me pay some debts. Yes, I realize this game had and continues to have performance issues like crashing randomly and fame, frame dropping, but I also realize having a voice protagonist limits the role-playing aspect of it, and as the character you play as is no longer quote-unquote you. Also, when you compare this game to other RPGs out there on the market, it's severely lacking in a lot of those elements. Let's take for comparison earlier titles like Fallout 2 or Elder Scrolls, Mor- Elder Scrolls Morrowind. You really had to work to figure out quests, and I've never really played either of those games. But I'd imagine you have to have a pad of paper next to you when you played, because they were just that in depth. Every line of dialogue could be a quest in disguise. Now, Fallout 4, you talk to a dude, you can skip every line of dialogue, and you still somehow end up understanding what he said, which I kind of like that. Um, But I get it. These games make it more approachable. And you're left with, at the end, is this game that closely resembles a first-person shooter rather than an RPG. And guess what? I'm okay with that. Okay, but that's not necessarily true. Entire, well, I guess if you're just following the main storyline, then it is. But uh, Fallout introduced terminals. Yes. And terminals are Computers. like the exact opposite of that. Computers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of RPG elements that just got stripped away from like... You, compared to like Fallout New Vegas to Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. It's night and day, almost. It's still the same yeah. universe. But a lot of the like RPG aspects of like, here's your class, here's all the skills you can select. There's not a voice protagonist in Fallout New Vegas, for yeah. instance. Yeah. I mean, didn't they like shoot him in the voice box so it doesn't work or something? I don't know. I don't know if or there's does like he just I, straight up not talk. I mean, he talks. No, no, no. Like you, you, your character can talk. You just don't experience. You, you it. like narrate it in your head. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Is it's, how. That's yeah. what reading is actually called. It's narrating the things you read in your head. Narrating in your head is you're saying that that is your definition of reading. That's reading. Yeah. 
you don't hear a voice in your head when you read something? I hear, uh, I have you guys seen that Will Ferrell movie, Stranger Than Fiction? No. No. Uh, I don't know any mo- other movies that that lady was <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There's a British woman. Oh, okay. Uh, she smokes a lot. She Oh, she was in, uh, she was in, uh, uh, what's that movie about love? Uh, love Actually. <laughs> That's a lot of them. <laughs> she was in Love Actually. I don't, she was married to Snape. That's whose voice I hear. Oh. Move along. In okay. your head. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but it is because of the setting that I continue to play these games. There's something in me that just really gets tickled by the whole Skyrim with gun shtick. So with that, let's get into the meat and potatoes, or Instamash and Salisbury steak, if you will. In this okay. episode, <laughs> I plan to get talk about the historical background, the lore... We're going to get to the spoiler-free story and big questions that the, ga- the game brings up. I think we can spoil it. Yeah. I okay. Mean, you can you can if you want. I think so, there's like a... So, you get five years. I will, pre- <laughs> I will preface this by saying I have played Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. Okay. Never even touched Fallout 4. Really? Wow. Not interested. Fallout 4 is great. I'm not you got interested. To. This is, that's what this episode's all about. Fallout 4. Oh, well, let's I... convince you that Fallout 4 is worth your time. Okay. Okay. We'll get there. It's going to be difficult. I know. I str- <laughs> because I have strong opinions. Yeah. How dare you have strong yeah. opinions on a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> this isn't an opinionated podcast. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is. We Every episode's an opinion. It's basically, hey, listen to my opinion so I can convince you it's true and you try this thing I like. Yeah. I love that about our show. That's our show summed up in a nutshell, really. Mm-hmm. So let's start out with the introduction, right? There are existential threats to humanity. They exist in this world and that of the Fallout universe. There's climate change, asteroid impacts, pandemics, and of course, nuclear war. Before you have a full-blown panic attack, let me assure you that the threat of extinction from global nuclear war is relatively low nowadays. Despite the doomsday clock being at 100 seconds to midnight, and this is all according to the Bulletin for Atomic Scientists as of January 2020, I'd like to imagine that it's improved since then based on recent political events. But they cited, back in January 2020, the, quote, failure of world leaders to deal with the increased threats of nuclear war, such as the end of the Intermediate-Range Nuclear Forces Treaty, or the INF, between the United States and Russia, as well as increased, increased tension between the U.S. and Iran, along with continued neglect of climate change. Announced in units of seconds instead of minutes, this is the clock's closest approach to midnight, exceeding that of 1953 and 2018. So pretty scary, right? So it's basically like, hey, we're closer than ever to nuclear annihilation. Right. Because that's like the first thing you have to understand is our world is walking a tightrope of just like, what's it called? We're locked in mutual destruction or something. Mutually Mutually assured destruction. Mutually assured destruction (laughs) is the only thing that stops like every country from nuking each other is the fact that by the time they hit the button and we find out we've already hit our button. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, Everyone's dead. <laughs> that is the balance that we are in. Yeah, and like it's also the amount of arsenal that can be released. We have three thousand nukes. Yeah, it's enough to like even if it's blown up in the air, it's enough to destroy the planet. Mm-hmm. Basically, <laughs> we are a parasite on Earth, and we're worried about like climate change and like pollution. But yeah. literally, it's, there I mean, is one button. <laughs> And currently, so, <laughs> there is a toddler in charge of it. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> so one one of my favorite things about like the Fallout universe as a whole is it kind of takes the period of time before that, mm-hmm. where we like only got to experience like a year in American history of like everything possibly being nuclear powered. Well, that was like a whole twenty years almost. Like, was it the whole nineteen fifties and nineteen sixties thing? 
I guess that's fair. Yeah. But like, like that, those entire two decades were like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess what, I guess what I'm thinking of is that like, there's in my mind, there was this period of time where we went from like thinking of things realistically in the terms of nuclear power mm-hmm. to like how we used to think of like flying cars yeah. and things like that. And then we had that idea in regards to like nuclear. It's like, what can we use nuclear for to, Oh, we'll get build. to that. And then, yeah. And that's what I like about Fala is it takes that idea and just expands upon it. Well, it's, it's retro futurism really yeah. is what you're talking about. Based, based, and that's, and it's even a more specific, specific part of it that is based purely on nuclear energy, right? nuclear energy. And like, how can we use the splitting of the atom for good? Right. Or evil. Yeah. <laughs> Both at the same time. Who knows? But the second closest we've ever been to midnight was in 1953, which is when the U.S. and the USSR started testing H-bombs, right? Hydrogen thermo uh, thermonuclear warheads. And we're never too far from the end of it all. And you might have thought that our closest approach to midnight would be in uh, the 1963 Cuban Missile Crisis. But that happened so fast, they didn't have a chance to meet before it was resolved. And fun fact, the farthest it's ever been from midnight, which is, you know, total nuclear war was 1991 to 1995 at 17 minutes from midnight. It's a relatively peaceful time back then. But this goes to show that the weapons of war are becoming too good to use. Yes, we want to kill our enemies, but sometimes it kills them a little too well. And what if they have the same weapons to retaliate with? Then we're both dead. The tagline war never changes also comes to mind. Does war ever truly changed? Warfare has changed. Sure. But it's all different ways of, killing one another in 1940s we had the manhattan project as i'm sure you guys have paid attention in history class and albert about. einstein worked on that that's right and a whole bunch of mm-hmm. you know robert oppenheimer uh richard albert feynman einstein. albert einstein yeah, that's the only one i really know <laughs> that's of, why his hair's all crazy really is that why no. <laughs> i don't know i just figured he got lazy <clears throat> nope. he just got lazy and you know he had bigger things to do besides styling his hair I do not have time to style my hair. <laughs> but the Manhattan Project was all about trying to split an atom, right? Yeah. It's how do we get this atom to split? We gotta enrich the isotopes. And basically this is how you make an atomic bomb. You really you really only find that out once. Yeah. I'm I'm not gonna tell you any of that because the US government's gonna kill you. Yeah, you'll me. end up on the list. Yeah, no, we I'm don't want that. List. But I do wanna say, like, can you imagine they're just like, I just wanna rip this atom in half, man. It's like I just wanna rip it in half and just I just wanna see what I don't know what's gonna happen. I just wanna rip this atom and then they finally do it. They're just like and as soon as they do it, it's like They do it in a reactor underneath um Mushroom Cloud. A Chicago stadium. It's in a reactor, so not not a mushroom cloud yet, but it's 1933 when they figure this out. So did they know? Why did they know to put it in a reactor? Well, I guess they were just like, this is going to be bad. I think think it was mostly like that was their only capable way of even getting to that stage. um, It was like, we know that splitting an atom releases a ton of energy, this one atom. So they figure that out and they're like, well, we could probably put this in a bomb. We could probably make something go boom with this, right? Hey, what if we put this inside a bomb? <laughs> Atom bomb, baby. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but anyway, you need uranium, right? Yeah. That's like the big thing. Here we go. I was <laughs> singing all the songs. But in 1945, as you know, the United States becomes the first and last to use an atomic bomb in anger. Was it justified? Mm, I don't know. The invasion of mainland Japan would have been huge, costly on both sides. And it's almost like a trolley car problem. Do you kill a million enemy soldiers and a million on our side? Or do you level an entire city 
and quote-unquote save the lives of our guys. Either way, it's not a good thing by a long shot, but you have to kind of get inside the heads of our leaders back then. This was a total war. Everyone had a target on their heads, even civilians. And after the World War II ends, right, we, of course, dropped bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, two Japanese cities, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately. We, uh, we start doing a lot of nuclear testing. As we mentioned before in a previous episode, the Nevada test site, as mentioned uh, in the Las Vegas episode, was for only sub-kiloton loads. And the Bikini Atoll was for the, for the bigger boys, the uh, higher-yield loads. But just think for a minute. The These what? are singular bombs that are... Th- that you need thousands of pounds of TNT. He's talking science. It's just the part that we listen through. I don't know. All I heard was he said bikini something, and all I pictured was the bombs wearing bathing suits. <laughs> That's uh, I went out in the Pacific. Did oh, they okay. paint yeah. bomber girls on the side of these things? This was that was a tradition in World War II. All right, that was just something that happened, right? Do, do you know the name of the bomber that dropped the bomb in Hiroshima? Judy. Nope. Enola nope. Gay. What? Enola Gay and Anola. the boxcar. You that, do? Yeah. Who? Um, <laughs> how dare you? Um, they might get that joke, or was it? <laughs> it was a bit of a stretch, but I got there. Enola, okay, cool. yeah. Enola Gay, that was the name. Who? I don't know. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real who's on first situation. You need at least 220 B 29 bombers carrying full payloads to create some more effects, compared to just one carrying one 9,000 pound bomb. You only need five kilograms of uranium to undergo fission to make an 18 kiloton TNT worth boom. Do you make bombs in this game? Uh, you can, I guess. I don't know. It's very powerful. That's what I'm trying to say here, okay? Yeah. Atomic bombs are dumb powerful. <laughs> they dummy thick. <laughs> they dummy thick, packed with like... Can you imagine that? Like 18 tons, kilotons. 18,000 tons of TNT. That's like 18... That's like a stadium full of TNT. That's like 18,000 elephants. Something like that. We can put this in elephant terms later if somebody wants to do that. And all the elephants explode. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> Exploding elephants. But so if these Do bombs... from the makers of cards gets humanity. <laughs> <laughs> so if these bombs are so terrible, why do countries want them so bad? Because like we said, it's mutually assured destruction. Well, it's almost like a safety well, against all the other bombs. Yeah, it, well, it puts them at the it puts them at the, the table of the big kid. The, it puts them at the adult table, the nuclear power table. Yeah, right? exactly. It's like, hey, we're one of those people that you now got to watch out for. <laughs> hey, let us sit at the big boy table. We want some mashed potatoes. Want some instant mash? Mm-hmm. You push that over here because I got a nuke. Then yeah, that's because if pretty you don't much. have a nuke, then you can put at the kitty table, and you're like, I want freedom, and it's like, shut up. <laughs> You don't even have a nuke. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I picture, I picture like, the. have you seen that uh, video of the kid who's running around the pool? He's like holding something. The mom from like off camera. He was like, hey, what do you have? And the kid just turns her, a knife. No. <laughs> I picture that's like what it's like trying to find countries who are discovering nuclear energy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can do whatever I want now. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is is that this game and pretty much this whole series of games takes place in a world where um, during like the the whole like big nuke thing, we didn't hold back and stop ourselves. Mm-hmm. We let it happen. Oh yeah. Like and yeah. nukes completely destroyed the world. Yes. Um, From what we believe. We'll we'll get to that. That's the next section actually, which is what I call lore time. Hey, it's lore time. Okay, so lore time with Nick. <laughs> grab your pen and grab your book. We're gonna write some stuff down. 
We're gonna play a game and we're gonna look for the lore now. It's lore time with Nick. That was yeah. that was pretty good, I guess. I mean, so lost <laughs> a bit of enthusiasm at the end, but I still get full points. <laughs> lore time with Nick. <laughs> so sometimes, with, sometime within the uh, 1945 to 1960 kind of time frame here, the Fallout universe has a divergence with our universe. So from here on out, I'm talking about the Fallout universe and not our history. The U.S. So if you're writing your paper, stop. Stop right there. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> don't stop. write this stuff down. You can if you you're want. You're gonna fail. Okay. You're gonna fail your paper. <laughs> Who was the president in 1974? Uh, John Henry Eden. No, um, <laughs> it's Fallout Three. <laughs> so from, from from here on out, it's Fallout Universe or nothing. Um, the U.S. culturally stagnates sometime in this time frame. So it looks like the 1950s for the next what 100 years or so. Which is weird. Yeah, the cars the, have big old fins, you know. There's so, the white picket fences out well, front. Well, it's, it's the whole idea of, like, we hit our peak in technology with nuclear energy. There's no point in moving forward. And yeah, they kind of stick to that. But here's yeah. the thing that I'm confused about is that there was all this prosperity in the 1950s and, like, the white picket fences and you buy the house. You for most people, the right? Yeah. But, the, but yeah, for most people. Um, but all of that was happening because of the war. Mm. because war boosts economy it was because of world war ii and literally yeah. every other country had been bombed except for the united states yeah it was it was it's not like prosperity happens because of war it's like the specific circumstances around world war ii it's, it was caused, post-war right? yeah it caused yeah. it post-war well it's like the the economic inf- inflection of like all of the businesses are now making stuff for war they're like making yeah. the guns well yeah yeah the there's that and side that and then there's the side the economy there's and- the side of like we now had a much more highly educated populace because all the people who had to stay home for more gi bill yep exactly yeah so, so because of all that but but basically what i'm saying is what confuses me is that it seems like when we enter the world in fallout 4 which is pre-bombing yep we'll get to that too yeah yeah um it seems to be like prosperous and like everything's great right everything is great which is strange because usually you don't see that until after the war yeah things were still going on weren't so great (laughs) before the war (laughs) well i mean in and you might cover this but in like the specific moment that we're talking about with fallout 4 that is like in the middle of a war kind of i it like, is. If, I, if I remember, it's it either is, it's the tail end of a war. Yeah, because, it, it, because so. our main protagonist fought in the war. He was a veteran. That's yes. why he made it into the vault. Hey, happy Veterans Day, by the way. Hey, happy hey, Veterans Day, guys. Thank veterans. you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. And if you fought in the war that uh, we're talking <laughs> about, that's going to happen in the future. Th- thank uh, you. Remember, war never changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was a veteran. He got sent home from the war. So I guess the war maybe was over. No, and well, then we no, got no, attacked no. on the back end. We'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, you talk. We'll get to and that. I'm going to listen. <laughs> yeah, Alex, shut up. <laughs> that's my bad. Hey, that's my bad, everybody. So it, you know, 50s are a pretty good time. <laughs> Give them the death stare. <laughs> um, society starts to see the country slide towards mm-hmm. a conflict, and they're powerless to stop it. So they got to prepare for the worst. We're building fallout shelters. We're constructing these vaults underground mm-hmm. by Vault Tech. Vault Tech. That's another a company. Private, private company. <laughs> A private company saving the United States. You can trust us, right? <laughs> a private company inserting itself into the uh, the life business as the, on, the as the, the only politics. means of survival from a nuclear fallout. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, God, like we said before, <laughs> <laughs> this is like the best time for for at least white America, suburban America. In a lot of ways, it was just you know not for all of us. Mm-hmm. 
It's it's how the 50s might have saw, seen the year 2000 and beyond. On a geopolitical stage in the fallout lore, the Soviet Union, which is like the bad guys of the 1980s in, in our timeline, kind of fades into obscurity somewhere. Mm-hmm. They do still talk about like the Reds and the Red Scare. The Reds. And, like, there's the Red Menace. A little bit. The, the Red communists. Menace is a game that you can play on your Pip-Boy. But Isn't it? this time the communists aren't from Russia. Mm-hmm. They're from China. Yes. China, right? Yep. No, um, he's gone. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we're basically friends with the Soviet Union. We normalize relations with them. And I don't think they collapse in the Fallout universe. But China becomes like the enemy superpower. Mm-hmm. We really don't like communists for one reason or another. So it sets up this prolonged Cold War and sometimes a hot war in the years after the 1950s and at least continuing until 2077. Technology, as we've mentioned before, is also completely different. The transistor, which is the backbone of our computerized lives in the digital age, isn't developed until 2040. In classic American style, we consume so much stuff and are so inefficient with it that we have brought the world to its knees. So America doubles down on nuclear energy as a result of the terrible global resource shortage in the 2050s. Even the worst possible occurrences are painted over by this idealistic American gusto. It's borderline propaganda, but we just call it marketing. That plays into the surreal humor that some of these games have been spliced into them. So imagine this. Everything is nuclear-powered in some way. It's very in vogue in the 1950s. You have This is before the nuclear disasters of things like Chernobyl and Three Mile Island shook our confidence in nuclear power by being the quote-unquote way of the future. <laughs> Cars, airplanes, trains, houses, and factories. You name something that needs fact- power, and it's got a reactor in it. The fun fact is that the Ford executives looked into making one of these nuclear-powered cars in 1957 with the Ford Nucleon concept, but it was deemed too complex and too dangerous for some reason. And yes, all these things in the game have been researched by one point or another. Take, for instance, the nuclear-powered locomotive, yes, train, which the researchers soon realized was totally unfeasible, toting around a 200-ton nuclear reactor at 60 miles an hour through a crowded city. Scientists realized. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh yes! <laughs> the fact that somebody was like in a boardroom and they're like, "I'm gonna say a sentence out loud, and if you guys don't think this is a good idea, we can go <laughs> Hold for on, it." Stop me if this sounds crazy, but, but I'm gonna say a sentence, <laughs> and if you guys are still cool with, if you guys can still sleep at night, we'll go through with it. But I really think it might be a better. <laughs> Scientists kind of realized we aren't always gonna have oil or coal, or anything that's non-renewable. So why not be proactive about this and have this cool new source of power power everything? So in-game, miniaturized fusion and fission reactors are developed, as evidenced by microfusion cells, Mm -hmm. which are the size of D batteries and power your laser pistols and laser rifles and such like that. Now, a quick science note for those of you who don't know. Fusion is atoms coming together, fusing. Mm -hmm. And fission is splitting. In real life... We have fusion or fission figured out pretty well. Fusion will forever be 30 years away. So Yeah, and fu- just for like how we know what fusion is, fusion is what happens like in the center of the sun. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's like the only place it happens naturally, right? Well, we can do that, it. It just yeah. takes so much power to do. That yeah, we can't yeah. Get like power out. the whole the whole reason why it happens so easily at the center of the sun is because of the high amount of gravity. Mm. Uh, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of heat. Yep, exactly. See, if we keep messing with this shit, I just feel like we're begging for a black hole. No, no, you, yeah, you have. You would have to get like cr- basically the Earth would collapse before we ever saw a black hole. 
We we need I've, like I've several seen, solar masses to become yeah. a black hole. I saw a video somewhere that was like, "This is a simulation of what would happen if a black hole opened in the middle of Earth," and it was terrifying to watch. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's not going to happen. You got turned into a donut and then disappeared. <laughs> what's yeah. more, what's more scary than that mm-hmm. is nuclear war, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, nuclear war. It's scary. Um, the resource wars of the 2050s in game absolutely destroy the world's other economies. The United Nations disbands. Europe is in shambles fighting amongst themselves for the last remaining drops of oil in the Mideast. And it goes to show that we're always just a few mean words away from being in a conflict. Now, the shortage of resources eventually pushes China into invading Alaska mm-hmm. because they have the world's last remaining oil reserves. America, of course, responds by saying, bro, that's our oil. And this sparks the Sino-American War, which ends up being a stalemate for several years. Now, this conflict is brutal, starving both countries of resources and destroying their economies even further, not to mention the loss of lives. And this lasts until 2076, which U.S. troops finally push back the communist occupiers from Alaska, utilizing new power armor, which is exactly what it sounds like. So that's great. We keep pushing, we keep pushing. Eventually, they're out of Alaska. We push into mainland China, and they become more and more desperate to repel our attacks. And eventually, on October 23rd of 2077, the U.S. and China have a nuclear exchange in what's called the Great War. We launch everything we have towards China, and they retaliate and do the same. But no one is quite sure who started it. Now, before both countries are devastated beyond repair, mutually assured destruction is, of course, not fun for anyone. So let's get to the story part of this game. Mm. We've kind of covered the lore. We know how we got in this particular situation, covered the history of it. And we have this story that starts on that same day, October 23rd, 2077. It takes place just minutes after the bombs are, are dropped or fallen. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> you can choose to either be a male or female, and this determines your spouse's gender too. I'm curious why they didn't have like a you know homosexual couple. Because it's as simple as literally them switching spots inside. Yeah, yeah. And again, you're not playing yourself. No, you're playing so a character. It's not like they were like there are only two genders, or like they were like oh, they, there's no such thing as gay couples. They yeah. basically were like, hey, this isn't you. You're playing as either this guy or this girl. Nate or it's, Nora. It's their story. So don't feel like we're excluding anybody. Just you're playing a character right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think part of, part of that too is like just given the the setting of the story and like taking 1950s America and just fast forwarding that into the future. Pretty much, yeah. Just keeping yeah. everything culturally and, the same. And right. if you're looking for your LGBTQ relationship, don't worry, Fallout 4 still has you covered. Yeah, with companions. Mm-hmm. You can you romance can, your companion. You can romance any gender you'd like. That's right. Or robot. Or ghoul. I don't know if we'll get to that, but Google's... Romance Google? Yeah. Google? No, Google. Oh, Google. With hey, an Google. H. Hey, Google. good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> hey, Bing. No. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bing, get out of here. <laughs> just leave, man. But you live just outside of Concord, Massachusetts. Um, and as I said before, veteran, you know, Veterans Day, we're being relevant here. Mm-hmm. Uh a Volt Tech representative admits your your family into Volt 111. It's it's a local fallout shelter. And a quick word about vaults in this game because it's it's pretty fun to, to talk about these. But I know a lot about these. Yeah, they're they're pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically fallout shelters at face value, right? The iconic bank vault style entrances are shaped just like a gear. Um, their purpose isn't really to protect the people inside. They're that's just a useful byproduct. But 
These are controlled environments in which all kinds of crazy tests are performed on the inhabitants without their knowledge or consent. Well, that's the fun part about it is that it was sold to the populace as a place where you can live out the fallout Mm -hmm. and eventually emerge from it. But on the back burner, they were like, hey, companies, you guys want to... You guys want to come in here and... You want to, you want to go experiment on some people? You guys want to run some experiments on these guys? <laughs> and it was like, the experiments they were running, sometimes it was outside companies coming in. Sometimes it was just vault being like, we're in charge of the world now. Sometimes it was like the United States government. Right? Yeah, sometimes it was the government. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like... <laughs> fucked, but... With, with vault 87. It was a... It was a... It was a... Uh, what's it called? Cryogen. Control vault. Oh. Uh, vault, vault one... 11? Vault 101 is a control vote. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. So from Fallout 3, that's that's the one you start out in. It was yeah. a it was a control vote for all intents and purposes. Which just means like it's what it was face value. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. a place to live out. Yeah. The apocalypse. This one was the cryogenic frozen one. Yeah. Which yeah. Is vault still, 111 is, yeah. It is what it is, but. We'll, we'll get to that again. Um, vault <laughs> vault 87 <laughs> in Fallout 3 was made by, uh, you know, Voltec, and it was made to study the effects of forced evolutionary virus on humans. This was the government's super soldier program in the pre-war to make people, unfortunately, into super mutants, which is one of the main enemies in the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, of course, succeeds in making them stronger and, and all that, but they're subject with mental damage, so they lose their minds, basically, in the process. There's Vault 22 in Fallout New Vegas, which contains scientists working under the auspice of experimentation on stable crops to combat global hunger, uh, but of course, a fungus is discovered and it's super effective at keeping pests off crops, but it spreads into people and takes over everything in the vault via infectious spores in the air. Can I talk about my favorite vault? So there's a vault. That, <laughs> <laughs> there's a vault. I think it's in Fallout 4. Uh, do you guys know the story of the lottery? It's No, I actually Maybe it's don't. in New Vegas, I think, actually. Okay, so it might be in New Vegas, but the story about the, the lottery is basically... Um, they That's elect... Vault 13. That's Vault 13. Is I'm it? pretty sure it is. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Okay, so the, the story of the lottery is there's a civilization, and the civilization votes in a leader. Mm-hmm. And it's always an election. Um, <clears throat> it's not 13. Well, that's not that's not the lottery. <laughs> the lottery is literally you get chosen at random. But but there's a story of... Um, and that they're all running, and you're like going through all the terminals, and you're finding all the evidence of like how the election was going. But the confusing part is none of them wanted to win. It's like, you need to vote for this guy because uh, he doesn't take care of... It's Vault 11? Yep. In what game? Uh, New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas. This is my favorite Vault story. Um, But (laughs) he's like, this guy doesn't take care of his kids. This guy cheated on his wife. Um, You need to vote for him. And like, as you're going, you're like, what the hell's happening? And you find out that they all died before the election ever happened. So you have the option to basically uh, volunteer yourself as the winner. And so you go into the office and you take control of it. But when that happens, you realize that whoever got elected was getting killed, absolutely murdered huh. um, by by robots. But if you survive I th- through I think it, it might have ended before that. The lottery like ended because the people in the vault were like, no, we're not going to keep doing this. Well, they're like, all right, you won. <laughs> yeah, it was, that, it was a test of like, if you refuse to vote somebody, that was the test. was like, will yeah. they... Uh, will they keep voting people in to ensure that they like their survival, or are they mm-hmm. going to um, eventually rise against it just mm-hmm. to like save one life? Yeah. It was the trolley car thing, or it was uh, the what the hell was it called? Milgram experiment. Yeah, like where but, they administer electric shocks and it keeps yeah. going up and up and up, and they're like, "All right, you killed him." Yeah, like I was just doing the experiment. I was just doing my job, like you told me to. I did. 
Right. But <laughs> yeah. the test, yeah, if they decided not to vote anyone in, then nobody died and they basically got everything they were promised anyway. Yeah. And like the then the election stopped and they never had to have another one again. And like that's the last thing you learn as the robots coming to kill you is <laughs> like none of it had to happen. <laughs> um it's like great. But they all die out anyway. Right. Because the entire the entire vault's nothing but skeletons when you're yep. wandering oh. through it. A lot of these vaults are like that. Yeah. yeah. With they some got, notable exceptions. Yeah, I remember like the one that really stuck out to me was one where they just threw in a man, just a single man, and a bunch of puppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he Which like one was this? I don't remember the no I don't remember any numbers. Uh, I just was remember one oh eight or one oh six. Those are pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But uh but yeah. sixty nine, of course. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just remember like it's a bunch of like incredibly sadistic experiments. Oh yeah. Like that are meant to just completely manipulate and fuck with like all just regular people. Oh yeah. That's what it's all about. You cannot do the main quest in Fallout 4 and still have such a nice time just exploring and finding out all the messed up stuff that's going on. Yeah, you're not going to have a good time. Um maybe maybe you're into that kind of stuff. Maybe you will. I don't know. Um but you of course go into Vault 111, which is suspended animation testing, where you're frozen like a TV dinner, basically. Um, you're reawakened uh, a number of years later. Uh, some nice young man walks into the vault, shoots your wife or, or husband, depending on your gender, and kidnaps your son. So that's cool. And then you mm-hmm. go back to sleep. You're, you're refrozen. Then you wake like, up again. What's what's your son's name? Uh, Sean. Yeah, you're like, Sean! <laughs> Sean! Sean! <laughs> you're in this tube, right? Yeah. You're in a cryogenic tube. Yeah. Uh, but there's more plot after that. You guys can fill in the blanks if you want to. You are the sole survivor. The goal is to find your son. You got to find your son. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's, that's the rest of the plot. That's the big thing here. It's like taken, but not. Oh, yeah. I guess it is. A particular set of skills. <laughs> He's tooken. Um, <laughs> you, you travel to uh, Diamond City, which is the ruins of Fenway Park in Boston. You learn about a secret or- organization called the Institute, mm-hmm. which is terrifying the Commonwealth by kidnapping people and replacing them with synths or synthetic human beings. Simps. Simps. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a joke there, but I won't. Um, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. <laughs> fill in the blank with your favorite simp joke. Simp. Uh, <laughs> this is, of course, uh, the MIT, right? Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. But in this weird retro-futurist America, the states are split up into 13 commonwealths based on the American flag in the game resembling the OG Betsy Ross flag of the United States. There's more plot, blah, 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 blah. There's there's the decision you have to make, whether you're going to ally with the Brotherhood of Steel, the Minutemen, the Railroad, or the secret fourth option, which is siding with the Institute. Now, the factions in the game exemplify a lot of the ways that society is going to rebuild in a post-nuclear war kind of setting. Mm-hmm. And how do we prevent humanity from doing it again, of course? There's the pre-war vaults and government experience. You can say, oh, this is all for the greater good, but good intentions, of course, pave the way to hell. There's the Institute, which want to explore technology further. There's a Brotherhood of Steel, which is their their stated goal is to keep our tech from destroying ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there's the Minutemen, which are, let's rebuild the way things just like they were. The Railroad, of course, which is a... Um, kind of call back to the Underground Railroad in the 1860s in America, which treats these synthetic people like people. The 1860s don't... weren't that long ago. I know, right? <laughs> There's the uh, the whole Underground Railroad thing where they're trying to smuggle these synthetic people out of the Institute and rehabilitate them and like treat them like humans. 
for once. This, of course, takes place in Boston, Massachusetts, in and around the area, and I actually went there after playing the game, and it's a pretty cool place. The roads are just as messed up as <laughs> as you'd yeah. expect them to be. <laughs> Try driving around there and not having road rage, I dare you. Um, I refuse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I walked the Freedom Trail and everything. That's like, uh, it's a trail you can walk on, and it has all these different sites of like the American Revolution. There's the Boston Commons, which is where you start. You follow the little red brick trail and you pass the Massachusetts State House. You end up at the USS Constitution, um, past Bunker Hill. Everything is accurately modeled. The scale between them is not, of course, because it's a video game. It's a scaled down version of Boston. But nobody wants to spend 30 minutes walking between Old North Church and Bunker Hill because that's forever. Now, I love U.S. history. And it comes from being a history buff, I think, but resonating also with the American story. It's not in the nationalistic sense of it, but I think there there are these people that think that we have something different here. Talk to someone that immigrated here and you'll get what I'm saying. And being patriotic, to me at least, means doing what I can to make America a place worth living in. Think of all the things that we say time and time again. All men are created equal. E pluribus unum. Give me your tired poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free. The great American melting pot. We have a great marketing program, if anything else. And I think our country ought to match the things that we say so often. And yeah, there are a lot of views that our founding fathers upheld that weren't always reflected by our actions, but that's why they wrote them down as goals and inspired others to follow them. Which leads us to big questions. How does humanity deal with a cataclysm like atomic war? The game answers this with more questions. Do we fight one another? Do we come together and attempt to rebuild? Do we get knocked down a few pegs in the tech tree and start again? Chabalonga. What's that? Oh, good. No, oh. <laughs> I get up again. This is a very musical episode. Thank you. Um, but the Fallout doesn't play in the world of make-believe. Everything in these games is born out of a Cold War sentiment or a forgotten concept left abandoned in science labs of the past. Is it a classic tale of technology run amok? Or is it a humanist story about all the terrible things that we do this as a species? And is there really a morality or ethics at the end of the day? Or is it all just different levels of survival? These games serve as a direct criticism of the American dream. Sure, you've got a nice house in the suburbs, you've got 2.5 children and a nice little white picket fence outside, but guess what? When the bombs fall, you've got nothing but ash. But these games are all about the exploration and making of your own story. Sure, you can speedrun and do the main quest line only, but that snubs all the side quests and general things that are to explore in the vast wasteland. If anything, this game offers up hope. A nuke can blow away everything we know and love, but we adapt. We can continue living, even as something awful as that happens. The same way our ancestors a million years ago learned to climb down from trees and walk on two legs, we can and will survive, even in the face of crushing adversity. Adaptation requires adversity. And really, Fallout has no big unifying theme. You can say it's war, war never changes until the cows come home, but that doesn't mean much of anything at face value. Rather, it's a collection of separate themes and storytelling elements so for me, as you sit here and tell you this is what it's about, it doesn't really do the game justice. So what do you guys think this game is really about? Are we talking like specifically Fallout 4 or like Fallout? Fallout the series in general. So for me, it's always been about how your uh, individual decisions affect the world as a, as a whole. Okay. So like it, the earlier Fallout games, there would be like situations where you would like have an evil dictator over a settlement mm-hmm. and you would get rid of the dictator 
Or you'd have the choice to get rid of the dictator or let him stay in power. Yeah, then you get a power vacuum. Yeah, and then so it's like, okay, if you let him live, then the village actually still prospers, but it's still under like this cruel ruler, so things aren't great. But if you get rid of him, power vacuum, raiders end up coming in and killing the entire settlement. Yeah. And so it's for me, the series has always been about making these uh, smaller decisions that affect the world as a at large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how how one person can have so much power. Yeah. Funnily enough. (laughs) Yeah. I think it kind of comes down to this idea that um, everything is domino effect. Oh, yeah. Um, And that's kind of, I think, the the series' big thing is, like, yeah, you are the protagonist. So, like, you're programmed to be the guy who sets all this in action. But Mm -hmm. it really could be anyone. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, that goes all the way back to what started all of this. It was just two men arguing that started the whole world on this course that it's uh, ended up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that continues on with you. And, and what's present all the way through the game is that the choices that you make have larger effects, maybe some that you don't even see until later on. Well said, both of you. But what's more scary than all of this is the fact that a sitting U.S. president has the sole power to commence a nuclear strike. Stop. <laughs> at his disposal whenever he wants. I want to pass on this one. Okay. <laughs> but it's not as simple as a big red button. Of course, there's the nuclear mechanism that we have that would stun everyone who thinks the president really doesn't matter. Think about your decisions. Who do you want as the head of a government with their finger on the trigger? Does this nuclear mechanism even make sense to have in the 21st century? I don't know. Didn't you say at the beginning of this you were going to be apolitical? I'm being apolitical. Can we get just a little political? Because I heard, or I read an article that scared the bejeebers out of me, which is the fact that, I'm sorry that this is going to get a little semi-political. Okay. But, uh, so the the Trump campaign has taken out millions and billions of dollars in loans for his campaign. Yeah. Because if he won, it wouldn't have mattered. Mm-hmm. But since he didn't win, now he's in like crippling debt. And he has the ability to sell government secrets. Hmm. He technically does, yeah. And he can't, he he can't seems, do that when, while in office, I don't think. He seems like the type who would. Hmm. Yeah. Like, well, here's, the, here's the where everything works. Especially the, after losing. The other big mm-hmm. scary thing is that there's the potential for him to uh, announce just like national secrets after he's out of office, specifically to undermine the current presidency. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to ask ourselves, like, does the president, should the president even have that much power? Well, yeah, it's should one person have that much power and should that... In America, of all places, right? Right. But we were set up to... If, but if he does No more kings, he, right? He does, you know? Yeah. Is it... Well, the whole idea, I guess, behind Civics Class 101 here is that there are checks and balances within the, within the government, right? Yeah. There are two keys to the button. Yeah. Typically, <laughs> unless you're the president, of course. Well, like the whole idea behind like why there is just a single one person in charge of pulling this trigger, pressing this button is that usually it's done. The The idea is that it would have to be done at a point where there has to be an immediate response. Right. Yeah. That's exactly uh, why it was set up. The government as a whole does not allow for immediate response. No, <laughs> but that's why not. this, the position of president is so important. One that is like so sought after and you have to get elected and it, you have to go through this whole yeah, process yeah. and mm-hmm. there are rules and regulations for it because there's not ever supposed to be someone in that seat who we can't trust with that button. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Until. 
<laughs> until of course <laughs> until the fire nation attacks <laughs> until the fire nation attacks no there is no fire until nation. somebody said what if uh, politics suck because politicians suck and instead we put somebody who wasn't a politician in power yeah that makes and it's sense. like you know on paper that works but so does communism so <laughs> here we go talking about communism again i but told you you cannot talk about this game without talking about politics it's hard to avoid but it's impossible the thing is that there's supposed to be all these checks and balances unless unless there's always that back door like, well, I could go out the front door, but there's like, you know, red tape and Congress in the way. I'm just going to go out the back door. It is, I'm just going to throw bombs at my neighbor. Who cares? You know why? Because <laughs> it's, it's a really funny thought that like, hey, we have all these checks and balances in power because we need to make sure that everything is well thought out, yep. well reasoned. Except for, <laughs> except for this one thing, this, big one. this is the really big important one, <laughs> and it's like one of those things where, and I, the game also kind of warns against this. You can't just leave like a computer in charge. You can't leave like technology <laughs> in charge of it because that's, the, the that's, big. That's been a theme throughout all of them. Oh yeah, the you big reveal. Just, you can't just like put a computer in charge of the nuclear launch codes. No, because that's a terrible idea. <laughs> because the computer will just set them. Like, yeah, they'll just set them off. It's like you have Terminator. You know, Terminator. It's like, oh, you want me to start the microwave? <laughs> Fuck you! I just Oops. Bombed <laughs> Russia. <laughs> yeah, you get like the Terminator thing, and that's that's one of the key. I guess plot elements in Fallout Three is that you're like, all right, I'm going to go meet the president. I'm going to go meet the president. The president's a computer screen. He's just an AI. Yeah. Like, great. This is the person talking to me on the radio, but it could just as easily be a person. Like, you don't know. So, I don't know. They try to pull that in Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, with Mr. House. Yeah. But he's actually a dude. Well, that's this has been a common. This has been a thing that they've done in nearly every Fallout game with, with AI. Yeah, there's like, there's always at least one instance of a incredibly smart AI that you have to try and talk to or reason with. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, one of my favorite things is in I believe Fallout Two, uh, you have the option of being so with most of the Fallout games except for Fallout Four, and this kind of comes with some of my criticisms of Fallout Four. Uh, criticisms are just it's like to. you. Yeah you have a lot of your character choice and dialogue is directly determined based off of your character's special stats. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, in Fallout 4, it's a lot more minimized because of just the nature of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do uh, have the like risk-reward of it, where if you have higher stats, then you have a lesser risk when taking those but more risks. But it's not the same as having entirely new dialogue options that's because true. your character, as an example, is literally too dumb to think of these other <laughs> options. Like, if your intelligence is low enough... Uh, you have like, oh. a completely new dialogue tree to go down uh, awesome. because your character is just like speaks in like caveman speak essentially. Uh, and Nick shoot one, gun. Yeah. Bad guy. Uh, and so there's a situation in fallout two where you're talking to this highly advanced AI and you uh, are trying to talk to it. It's trying more so to talk to you. <laughs> it's uh, like, how do I figure and this it's out? having this like incredibly complex, like what is the meaning of life? Like, da, 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 da. like, me eat food, me breathe, me move on, me kill thing. <laughs> and it's just like sitting there just like, but, uh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> and it's like slowly this, this AI is learning like how caveman talk. Yeah. It, well, it's, it, it's slowly learning like how futile the human existence is through you being so stupid. Where we are. We're stupid. <laughs> we have this obsession with technology that, you know, maybe probably... that's the moral of Fallout. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's all about hey, humanity's kind of dumb. Hey, we're stupid. We're still, I mean, for all intents and purposes, we're still monkeys and gorillas and all that. Just 
You know, I mean, we're 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 one thing. We're not monkeys and also gorillas. Okay, uh, pick one. <laughs> we were descendants of primates. Can we say that uh, much? Gorillas, you know, gorillas get kittens and learn sign language. Gorillas also <laughs> get shot. You know, Cincinnati Zoo. Dicks out. Do I gotta say it? <laughs> hey, that happened real close to here. Hey, let's talk about your criticisms. Uh, yeah. What, so, what don't you like do you, about Fallout Four? Do you have yeah. more? Or we? Or did no, you... no, we're good. I just have a conclusion. So, okay. in the, yeah. I will say a lot of this comes from observations of actually playing the game. Okay, entertain um, this. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so, one of the biggest things that I really didn't like was the fact that they switched from a text-based dialogue system to a actual like voice-acted system. That's yeah. fair. And yeah. in doing that. Um, which like you can balance the two. You can have like a text system, and then where it's like the character actually reads what you selected. Yeah, like but like what, five. <laughs> right, but what Fallout Four opted to do was uh, your option is one of four vague emotions, uh, <laughs> and the response that the the character can have is an interpretation of that emotion in yeah. this situation. It's like three words, and you're just actually like, okay, yeah. That and the thing is, this. it can mean something completely different than what you're actually thinking. It could. Right. Like, you can... Like, I, I remember seeing, like, a video on YouTube or something of where it's, like, a hard situation, and you, like, pick the option to console, mm-hmm. and the character, instead of, like, actually being like, oh, it's gonna be okay, it's like, hey, buckle, buckle up there, buttercup. <laughs> We got shit to do. Like pick yourself up by your bootstrap. Yeah, Why is and it's so just hard. Like, I don't. I didn't want to be a dick. <laughs> that is a problem. That's a criticism. That's fair. Yeah, I'll say that much. For me, that like ruins a lot of, because for me, the entire point of the Fallout games is about how these small decisions affect the world as a whole. If I don't know what small decision I'm actually making, mm. that for me ruins the intent of the game. Yeah, that's that's fair. But I'd I'd counter that argument by saying dialogue doesn't matter. How that's about the, that? But that's the problem I'm saying. <laughs> the dialogue doesn't matter in Fallout 4, and I agree with you. Dialogue doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter in Fallout 4, specifically, I'll you say. Can, you can just say, you know, whatever, and you'll still get a quest. Well, actually, it's technically, it's been a problem since Fallout 3. That's I mean, fair. Fallout 3, the spoilers, uh, it's a 10-year-old game. Get over it. Um, <laughs> Fallout 3, like, the ending, no matter what you do throughout the entire game, has three options. Either yeah. you go in, you stop the nuclear reactor and die in the process. Mm-hmm. To you send someone, you send the, uh, uh, you the, send your dad in. No, the brotherhood, the brotherhood of steel girl. Um, Oh, Paladin lions. Yeah, yeah. Her, you send her in to go die and yep. do it. Uh, or, and this wasn't even an option for a while. You can have a companion that is a ghoul <laughs> that is immune to radiation. Yeah. Then it's like, Oh, I'm good. In the first, <laughs> when the game first came out, you only had those first two options. You yeah. could have that companion with you. But they just they wouldn't give you the option to send him in (laughs) until after like two or three DLCs. They're just like, oh, yeah, that would be a really smart idea. It was broken steel that allowed you to continue the game after that. Exactly. Which is dumb. Why would you just end a game right there? (laughs) Like, let me keep playing after the end. (laughs) Yeah. And so like, but the but it really comes down to like at the end of everything, you only have three decisions. You can affect these like smaller stories throughout the game, Mm -hmm. but not the world as a whole, except for these three decisions. And there's there's title slides like towards the end where it shows you. Yeah. Like, here's what you did. Yep. But here's how everything ended. Anyways, mm-hmm. despite your little pesky decisions. Right. So, so that's, that's that. it's been a criticism of the Fallout games since Fallout 3. But for me, Fallout 4 is the epitome of it. It is. Because <laughs> even those smaller journeys along the way, those smaller stories that you can impact aren't, you You don't have the true, um, the, the true intent 
or your intent with those stories isn't actually played out in the way that you intend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This company doesn't exist anymore, but I'm going to blame them anyway. It's Telltale's fault. Telltale Games. Yeah, because what uh, they Fallout do? 4 um, works their dialogue more as though every dialogue is a cutscene. Because you get camera angles, you get adjusting, you get okay. all that, so that it feels like you're watching a cutscene while the dialogue's happening. And I think because of that, they had to limit the lines. Um, hmm. But uh, it's also a pretty cool thing because the character that you built, you get to see them like all the time yeah, I like in these cutscenes, which is neat, and it makes it feel more personal. Mm-hmm. But because of that, it's like they had to be less detailed because working in these cutscenes getting the mouth movements and the voice acting it it's probably would have been a pain in the ass yeah they, i don't i don't see that had they done the old system at least of like all of these trees of dialogue i i agree out. with you that like that is the problem but i think to blame it on telltale is i'm blaming it on telltale because they don't <laughs> exist anymore they can't fight back man i hate telltale <laughs> no yeah. they were great too bad about them they're gone though. i didn't yeah. probably never played a game by them you didn't play any of their games? I probably did. Who knows? Uh, they would have been the... Look at my games behind. Look at yeah, these. that's fair. Uh, <laughs> it would have been like the Left 4 Dead. Uh, okay, I did play that. No, Left 4 Dead was Telltale? No, sorry. No, no, no Walking I, Dead. Walking Dead. That's the one. They nope. made a Minecraft game? Nope. They made a Minecraft game. They made one set in a world of fairy tales that nope. I can't remember the name of. Fable. We don't need... We can have a different episode on Telltale. Okay. I like Fallout 4. I like Fallout 4 too. That's my opinion. Michael, I like why, don't, it. why don't you entertain it? I like it. Here's why I like it. I, li- I, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it for the. I got better games to play. <laughs> I like fair. it for the okay. reasons that have nothing to do with Michael's uh, problems with it, because those are problems. But like the reasons that I like the game have nothing to do with the things that Michael doesn't like about him. Okay. Like I like the the treasure hunt options and like the I can go to this computer and read all these notes and it'll lead me somewhere completely across the map Mm -hmm. and I can continue that storyline in the background because this world is so like stuffed with all this hidden lore that doesn't really matter. Or like you can like read a terminal about a little girl who lost her teddy bear and then like go into like three towns over and you can find where she was supposed to be and her teddy bear sitting there. And you're like, Mm -hmm. holy shit. Like (laughs) everything has its own little story. Like if you find a sunken airplane in the middle of a lake, Mm -hmm. You can find out why that airplane was flying overhead, like why yep. it sunk there. I think that's cool, and like I, I get where you're coming from with that. I just think that the Fallout universe, like, as a whole, has been expanded on so much at this point <laughs> mm-hmm. that all those little stories are just kind of like, what does like? Yeah, that's cool, but like, what does this give me in like this world as a whole? Like, it's a cool little story, but like, I want to know more about the Fallout world as a whole, not these smaller stories. Hmm. Like I would say it. that unless unless those smaller stories serve to expand the world as a whole, I'd say they do. I'd say that it would not not maybe expands it, but it breathes life into it. Okay, yeah. Um, but but basically, what I'm trying to say is like Michael's right. Those are definitely problems with the game, big time. Yeah, I agree. but on the flip side of that coin, there are things that they did right, which are unrelated, and somehow <laughs> the game is awful and awesome. At the same time. Well, I mean... that For different reasons. Yeah, hmm. I mean, not every... Like, nothing in the world is ever black and white. Yeah, like, sure. you're, There's going to yeah. be good aspects of anything, good... Like, bad aspects of anything. Mm-hmm. To me, like, it, the, it, uh, the aspects it, that you're pointing out, I think, are good. Yeah. But I think they could have been done much better and served the universe as a whole uh, in a more... Um, in a more forward fashion. Like, mm-hmm. a good example of what I think... What you're describing is, is the... Um, the little audiographs that you can pick up in Bioshock. Oh, yeah. 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 Like for me, those serve not only to share individual stories, 
but they do a very good job of expanding the world and the lore as a whole. Hmm. And I to would, me, that is, they do that in a much better fashion than what fallout four. I'm a, from what it sounds like they right. do. And from what I've seen through like YouTube videos and stuff. Yeah. So what I'll say is I think fallout's one of those games where depending on what you're there for, you're going to have a different view of the game. That's fair. Because That's fair. if you're, if you're there for like storyline and completion and like the experience that the developers want you to have, like playing through the game and completing it, then um, yeah, you're going to run into those problems. You're going to be a little disappointed, but like people like me, I'm just there for the exploration. Like I yeah. want to see the world. I want to like figure out as much as I can. And all of those little like side things maybe don't completely add to the world. They're their own little adventures. And like when you end one, there are like 50 more that you can still do. Yeah. But maybe that's not how some people play the game. No. Like I said, if you walk into it with a certain point of view, you're going to have a different experience and a different. I think, so, I think if the thing that would solve that for me is if those smaller little adventures ended up having an impact in some other way within the gameplay. So, so there are a couple that do. Are there? Okay. Yeah. So like there is, I wanted to bring this up. There's the story of uh, the ghoul that you find in the, uh, in the refrigerator in Fallout oh. 4. Um, it's a, you're walking it's by a little this, boy, isn't it? You're walking by this refrigerator and you just hear like off in the distance, just a little boy like, Hey, hey, I'm here, hey. <laughs> and you like go over and it gets louder and you're like, what the hell's going on? And you find out uh, when the bombs were dropping, this little boy um, went into the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones did? He Indiana Jones did. He got locked inside the refrigerator. Cause <laughs> sure, that, that works, 1950s. whatever. This is why you couldn't put refrigerators out on the curb because kids would get locked inside of them because once yeah. you're inside a fridge, you couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. Um, Old-style fridges. Old-style fridges. They which is what we're talking Yeah, which is what he, he got stuck in it, but the bombs came down, the radiation turned him into a ghoul. So for mm-hmm. 200 years, he's been trapped in this refrigerator. <laughs> And so he's like, he's like, I want you to help me find my mom and dad. And you have to like, take him. You're like, look, they're not going to be there, kid. Like, I don't know. You got to show him the skeletons. Like, there they are. And (laughs) you have the option to like, sell him into slavery. And if you do that, it changes the entire like, aspect of like, your missions and the games that you were doing. Oh, okay. And then, um, like, because if you help him, then like, it gives you notoriety and then the notoriety will unlock certain things that you could do that'll help you progress in the game faster. Okay. Game notoriety or things like that. But the storyline kind of ends with you like taking him and you find out his parents are also turned into ghouls oh. and then they all get attacked by the raider that tried to buy him as a slave. And he's like, I'm going to take all three of these ghouls. You got to defend them and like fight them all off. And, um, that kind of storyline plays out. But yeah. And if you're able to help them, then like these people come back and like talk okay. you up and like, so a lot of it might also just be coming from like bad experiences I have from playing fallout three. And there and, are like, a ton of them. Cause there like are a ton of the them. main, the main thing that I can point to in fallout three that really pissed me off was Moira. Uh, mm-hmm. the shop like the the research keeper the yeah. scientist or whatever she was a vendor you know yeah, an yeah. NPC, and like because like the, the big thing that got me with that was like either you choose to blow up the like nuke town or whatever it's called <laughs> megaton megaton yeah. that's what it was uh or not and it's like cool you could be in the middle of these missions with moira and all that but then hey blow up megaton you come back <laughs> find, like find her she survived she's a ghoul like yada 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 cool my entire life has changed entirely but how's that mission coming? <laughs> so, yeah, I think this game kind of puts a Band-Aid on that because, like, there's a vendor in uh, there's a vendor in Diamond City that he's like a baseball memorabilia guy. He, like, <laughs> yeah. sells baseballs. He sells, like, baseball bats that you Mo. use as weapons. Um, but if you find stuff out, like, specialized baseball bats, things like that, if you, like, follow down the rabbit hole of these missions that uh, you just kind of find through computers and stuff, and you take them back to him, mm-hmm. like he'll talk you up to the everybody else he'll be like okay hey this dude's really cool like he'll give you better prices and like 
He'll be like, oh, you help oh, okay. me out, I'm going to help you out. It's, and it's stuff different like that. factions that you can influence. There's, okay. I don't think there's a karma system in Fallout 4. There is in the sense of like your... Um, your notoriety you, within different factions, I guess. Yeah, so, and, so and like, like, you can build your own little societies yeah, too. Yeah, like in there, I like that. In there, you can like become a good leader, a bad leader. Like people come in and like hiss at you if you're like yeah. a terrible. So it's, so it's more like it's a, a more fleshed out notoriety system, kind of. Where it's like it's not just good or bad on one level. It is yeah. good or bad within certain groups of people. Yeah, which are also good or bad. Yeah. There's like <laughs> another like whole plot where like there's a bar inside Diamond City that if uh, you help this dude like assassinate somebody inside this bar you're like never allowed back in the bar again yeah and like those kind of like normal people stuff right (laughs) so so yeah i think that they maybe put a band-aid on that but there's still problems i don't know i have i just have very high expectations of the fallout series because fallout one and two Mm -hmm. are incredible games and we have to like realize that that when Mm. bethesda bought the fallout franchise like they definitely had they were standing in in the in the heels of giants like there was no way of, I mean, they they definitely could have brought on the team and did it right, but they decided not to. So they're living with that mistake, and we are suffering from it. They're like, "What's so, let's make it 3D." And everybody's like, "Shut up!" Like, no, just <laughs> no. give me out. Consoles are getting really good. We should do it. But like, it was stupid. They, we all know that. And they but... never made another en- game engine again. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Honestly, it's true. I mean, that's that's kind of the reason, and that was the big mis- that was the big uh, like gripe about fallout 74 was they were like this Six. is the fallout 4 game engine what the what the hell it pretty much is except they're like let's put it on the internet and make everyone play with each other yes yeah, yeah. On and put no npcs in a they fix that i i saw they fixed that but like for the release of a game <laughs> yeah a game that is centered around interacting with the world around you yeah no and NPCs people was a bad idea yeah for sure it was a bad idea um because bethesda's lazy we know that we know yeah. this. They oh, yeah. just want the money. It's the oh, yeah. seven year anniversary of Skyrim. It is today. Today How is the that? seven year anniversary of Skyrim. Seven Happy or ten? Mm-hmm. Um, and they still haven't made a new game <laughs> in the uh, Elder Scrolls universe. Um, well, so yeah, they haven't. They're working on it. Maybe they've announced a, or they've shown <laughs> a ten to fifteen second trailer of a camera falling like. Going over, uh, great. That's all I got. Ambiguous mountains. <laughs> I'll buy five. I'll buy five <laughs> copies of that game. Oh wait, I already did. That is a, unless you count. <laughs> that <laughs> is unless you count Elder Scrolls Online as a. No, as I don't. A, yeah, we it's, all it's knew made by Fallout, a completely different studios. We so. all knew with Fallout seventy four that Bethesda seventy six. Sure, seventy six <laughs> doesn't matter. It was worth seventy four, if not less. <laughs> 74 cents got him <laughs> got him uh, but we knew that bethesda's on the rocks and that no one's happy with them right now we don't need to we don't need yeah. to add more insult to injury no there, there's but... there's some other great videos out on the internet on youtube that go a lot further into the depravity and the fall of <laughs> bethesda the fallout of but i would argue that fallout 4 was probably their last decent game okay and maybe their last decent game yeah, if they continue down the path. I'm not here to say it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not. But it's, it's not. But it's good. It's good. I think you should entertain it. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's that's a good way of looking at it. It's a decent game where it's a, a lot game. of people were expecting incredible out yeah. of another Fallout game. Yeah, that's the thing. You but, set you set the bar so high, it's like. Eh. Here's the thing: is if it was released by another uh, gaming company mm-hmm. under a different name, you'd be like, "This game was great." No, yeah. I completely. Perhaps. 
I disagree. Really? But Bethesda I, set the bar so high after Fallout I would New say Vegas. Bethesda has a name. Bethesda as a name has garnered so much of an audience that if another company released it, but if it was just like an indie game that you just found, well, there's a big difference between that game. <laughs> well, being an but indie that game was what I was saying was if it was just like an indie game that you just like found, you can and you'd not, be like, oh, this is. A we're really getting good into game. like strong opinion michael territory here it's just like, like hypothetical you know keep poking the bear like, you cannot <laughs> compare an indie game to a major triple a game that was in development for like seven years i agree that's, yeah that's that's true you're talking two completely different levels of scale but but you know in a different universe <laughs> when <laughs> Where, indie games okay, are massive we'll say that there's another triple a company that just wanted to make a game and we'll say that this is like f- the fallout hype never existed you'd be like this is a good game if I'd it, if it wasn't a Fallout game, you'd be like, this is a good game. Yeah, I'd give it about... Because you wouldn't be comparing it to, like, the open chat of Fallout 3. Uh, like... If it wasn't called Fallout, then... Right, then yeah. the things that they took away from, like, Fallout 1 and 2. Like, if they if you weren't comparing it to those, you'd be like, this is a good game. I'd, it's pretty good. I'd probably give it, right. like... I'd probably give it, like, five or six hours and then go find a better game to play. That's fair. Five or six hours, you can pretty much do it. You can pretty much do the whole thing. That's <laughs> I mean, if you speed run it, sure. <laughs> if you skip a lot, if you know where you're going and what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. You just, you know, high tail to the glowing sea, find the guy, yeah. teleport, boom, bada, bing, done. Bada, bing, bada, bomb. Bing, bada, boom, bada. But I was a guy who, like, metal detected the entire map, like, went on all the edges and, like, worked my way. I, oh, yeah. I saw every inch yeah. of that game. That's how I would like to play. Because I just like it. I like the exploration of it. I went in every building. I cleared every building of enemies, like... That was what was fun for me. It was a fun shooter and like exploring game. I like to build so I enjoyed it because of those reasons. Well, hey, yeah. I'm not saying that it's illegal to enjoy it. Okay. I'm I'm just saying like, hey, this is how, how I How dare feel. you? <laughs> and I respect your opinion. Yeah, I respect yours. I'm glad that you entertained oh, it. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're not allowed to have opinions. It's a podcast. <laughs> Alex, I'm over here. What? <laughs> then who's this? Get out of here! Scram! <laughs> but in conclusion, if I could hopefully maybe put a bow on this. I don't know if I can. I forgot how to tie a knot. Um, at the end of the day... Don't tell Natalie. <laughs> I think you should play this game. If only for the R- RPG elements of it, or maybe the shooter elements, or maybe you like to imagine what would happen if we did fall into a global nuclear war. Or maybe you just like a game that doesn't take itself too seriously. <laughs> I think we've shown that it really doesn't. Or maybe you like building settlements and pretending you're a dictator and, you know, you have Sims working for you. I really did enjoy that. Hmm, not Sims. <laughs> not Sims. Um, but like, maybe you like all those things. That's me. But it gives me a perverse comfort knowing that even if we were bombed tomorrow, I have a loose idea of how I would play it out. Or maybe I don't. But regardless, this game has a lot for people to enjoy. So it captures so many different audiences. And you can truly choose to survive any way you want, just like in real life. So, dear listener, I invite you to humbly explore the wasteland, create civilization once again, and entertain this. The game is called Fallout 4. Woo! We did it. Good job, Nick. Yeah. yeah. We did it. The world hasn't gone into a nuclear winter yet. So. What's, you see that flash out the window? Oh, shut up. <laughs> hey, we're going to throw it into a fresh new promotion that we got going on. Okay. Uh, and as, when we come back, we got a quick this. Who's doing it this week? I think, uh, is it, is it me? Is it you? No. Um, no, it can't be. It... Uh, you're asking the wrong person. Who did the, who did the thing last week? Uh, 
Who was the last episode? Was that uh that was you? Yeah, that was you. Huh. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and let that take us to promotion. <laughs> Quick vass. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that little uh, promotional break that we just had. Uh, as we had decided, it is my week to do a quick this. Oh, that's who it was. And though I jest that I was not prepared, oh, have I brought a doozy for you guys. Something that I uh, am pretty excited about. Uh, long time What listener- listeners of the podcast will remember an episode that I did. I think it was one of my very first episodes. You guys remember what it was? My first episode that I did? Dungeons and Dragons. Nope, that, that was, was Michael. <laughs> um, Animal Crossing. Nope, that nope, was Chloe. That was Chloe. Bioshock. Uh, it was the one right before Animal Crossing. Bioshock was you. I don't remember. Oh, how quickly we forget. That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Guys, we're on episode 38. That's pretty impressive. That was before yeah. COVID happened. Yep. COVID. Uh, my episode was on ARGs. ARGs. Right. Augmented yes. Reality Gaming. For some reason, uh, I thought that was like your third or fourth. No, that was my very first. Wow. wow. Um, okay. For those of you who, ha- who haven't listened to that episode, I suggest that you go listen to it. It was well-researched, I, in my opinion. Oh, um, <laughs> but right. well, Thank you. But uh, f- just a quick little rundown for you. Augmented Reality Gaming is, uh, I classify it as the opposite of VR gaming, where a VR game wants to take you out of your world and put you in the world of the game uh, so that you can experience it in all of its uh, dimension. But an augmented reality game kind of flips that idea on its head and takes the game and puts it into your world, kind of console slot, like, um, and kind of imbues it into our society to make it seem maybe more realistic than it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some examples that I provided were... Um, like the Cicada Project, uh, the augmented reality game that came alongside the um, the Gravity Falls TV show. Uh, that was, was one that I mentioned as well. Fallout. Mm-hmm. No, Fallout. Bioshock. Bioshock. Something had in the its, sea. Its own augmented mm-hmm. reality game. Yep. Um, but what I said in that episode was I'm excited to see what the next augmented reality game is because I've only ever caught these on the back, like on the back end of them. Like I've only seen these augmented reality games as they were ending. In hindsight, yeah. But I found one. What what is it? What is I it found called? an augmented reality game that is going on right now. What is it? In a place where maybe you wouldn't expect it. Mm. Is it on Google? It is not on Google. It is an <laughs> augmented reality game that takes place on TikTok. I'm out. Okay. Don't be out yet. Because <laughs> it's very interesting. Uh last night. I was scrolling the For You page, looking at some phony memes, okay. and looking at some Vine-like videos to raise my serotonin levels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What the fuck is serotonin? I don't know. Um, but Wasn't she the vice president or something a few years ago? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> serotonin. Nope. I can see Russia from my house. vice president. Um, but one. while doing that, I came across a purple guy. He was purple. He was animated in a style that would resemble a kid's TV show. Grimace? He, Kinda. He looked more skinny and human. Yeah. Um, but he wore a white jumpsuit with the letters PB okay. on his chest. And he was talking to the camera as though he were a TikToker. So, like, camera out, um, looking into the camera, talking straight to the audience. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and, if it's cool, I'm going to go ahead and play 
just the audio from the first one that he did. Um, his username is at PB is here. Um, I know just PB here. Uh, if you guys want to join along, but uh, they would ever, me being trapped in the suit, this is what he looks like. I um, don't know what I'm doing here. I don't like it. <laughs> this is what my room looks like if you're interested. Anyways, I've been here for a while and I'm not quite sure what I'm doing, so I don't know. Can you leave a comment or something? Maybe I can read it. See what's up. Thank you. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like the way he looks. It makes so he feel looks weird. weird. He looks kind of adult, swimmy, kind of Gumby style. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like pseudo claymation sort of dealio, and I don't like it. But his line delivery is endearing, and it's uh, the line delivery is genuine. Genuine. It's kind of clumsy. Yeah. Kind of clumsy. Kind of nervous. Uh, and he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know where he is. Hmm. And that's what that's what we're given in the first video that he uploads. And now TikTok has a format where you get like thirty seconds max. Okay. Per video. And currently he has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He has 14 out. Mm-hmm. 14 out. He posts daily. So about two weeks it's been going on. Okay. Um, some of the things that we found out uh, through the ARG is that he got out of his room. Uh, he found a note and he found a key card for a, a guy. Uh, to gain access to another door, he found a slip of paper, and on the slip of paper it said, um, "This is a weird email. It's like these guys are upset because they couldn't get the .com domain; they can only get .net." And you're like, "Oh, I have a website now." So there's now a website attached to it that you can actually go on to. There are restricted parts of the website that you need to log in to figure out. But as you remember, he picked up a key card. On the key card, it gives you the ID, and then you get a Clint, uh, a Clint, a Clint hint, Eastwood, yeah. a hint <laughs> Very for the clue in a more recent video. Uh, no, a hint for the clue, a hint for the password. There you go. Yeah, that was it. That was a struggle. Uh, for the password to get into the restricted site, which last night I actually got into the restricted area of the website mm-hmm. and did some reading. You find out that um, this guy is a part of what's known as the perfect being PB perfect being experiment where this company is trying to create the perfect being i don't like this (laughs) and he is generation five of the perfect being uh experiment they show you generation two and generation two is a little bit messed up but he looks kind of similar and um acts a little bit less intelligent but you know generations get better each time true um but so far what we found out is he's a part of an experiment the facility that he is currently in is in lockdown. We don't know why. Uh, and he's currently exploring and trying to figure out how to get out because he doesn't remember that he's a part of this. Mm. Uh, he's part of this perfect being experiment. And he's found, because he is an experiment, he's found multiple versions of himself, all in cryogenic tubes and things like that. He's like, this looks like me. People are like, that's your clone. But it's not. He's just a part of this product that's being made. Um, not a lot is known about the company yet. Not a lot is known about him, but I wanted to cover it and I wanted to talk about it on the podcast because how exciting is it that finally we found one, like an augmented reality game that's going on right now and you can interact with him in the comments. That's how it works. Oh, okay. The choices that he makes, he asks for your opinion Hmm. and in the comments, he decides which one he wants to reply to and that user, he replies to them personally and tries out what they said to do. Okay. Um... So on the website, it said like, 
That's them. They're busting in. <laughs> on the on the website, it said like the the password is uh, something something something. If they haven't changed the password yet. So people are like, hey, go try that password because that's the default password. And like that doesn't work. So now we have to try something else. And he's still exploring the lab. So if you want to catch up on that, you want to get involved in ARG. If you watch that or if you listen to that episode of the podcast and you enjoyed our talk on ARG um, and you wanted to participate in one, here's your chance. It's on TikTok. It's free. You can go do it right now. Uh, Get involved in it and help uh, PB escape. Tell us what you think. Tell us uh, what's, it, what's it called again? It is on TikTok. It is at PB here. So it's like PB here, like here I am. Peanut butter, but it stands for perfect being. Right. He's currently at five point two million likes and uh, seven hundred and sixty one thousand followers. Ooh. So that's how many people are participating in this game. Okay. Damn. So it's something to check out. Um, do a deep dive into it. And get involved before all those creepy YouTube channels start doing the uh, rabbit holes of him. Go experience it firsthand. <laughs> I'm already there. That's your chance. It's going to happen. And that's it. That's my quick this this week. How about that? How about, nice. how about that? Yeah, I'll entertain it. Go entertain PB here on TikTok. PB here. Guys, I just did a quick this on a TikTok. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, it's a first. <laughs> <laughs> Encapsulating all things entertainment. Yeah, that's fair. It's the only time we'll ever talk about TikTok, but we had to get it off the channel. It won't be. Let's be real. Well, <laughs> I'm not on TikTok, and I never I will be. It. So I hope it is. I hope I'm not on TikTok. I was for a hot minute, and that was mostly because... Uh, granted, I know there's an algorithm underneath it that decides this, but all I ever saw was uh, videos of puppies and oh. and babies. That was I, all I saw. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Babies are cute. I just I was, like, I was told there would be funny people here. Okay, while we're talking about TikTok, let's just say like some of you out there, I know your for you page is nasty. Delete that shit. Start over. What was wrong with you? <laughs> what's what's is the here. for you page like is what is this about? So the for you page will like it will uh create a TikTok experience customized for just you. Mm-hmm. Oh, based off of like people dancing. Yeah, based off of like what videos you've watched like all the way through or multiple times. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you like them or not. If you watch the video all the way through, it's like Oh, the, you like you like watching a, people dance? Like, this, this is a virgin experience. You're I, on you're on it right now, aren't you? I'm on TikTok. There's just a bunch of people dancing and a lot of, you know. There's a lot of that. But there's also fun stuff like PB is here and there was a guy who made a uh a tug ski he took a sandbox tugboat uh and he put it on a jet ski and made a boat hmm. out of it i like that i like the video i like the the channel where the guy is trying to guess what paint color mm, that's a good one it'll too. end up being based off of like the amount of like individual paint color like base paint colors end up getting injected in yeah like There's he works at the home depot and he's just like he films it all or no like he he finds he has uh videos that people send him of paint being like made oh yeah and like uh, a loser home depot yeah yeah and then he tries to guess what the color will be oh yeah that's entertaining it is entertaining Mm -hmm. it's more so the guy's personality is really good to go along with it Mm -hmm. no i've always wondered Mm -hmm. how to is he playing the outro already no i was just humming (laughs) uh sorry i was thinking about another tiktok that i watch (laughs) tiktok soon to be owned by my show it to you oh not that Ah! one (laughs) oh not that one Sorry yeah, about that, it's going to end up being after Alex said, and we'll never talk about TikTok again. I yeah. guarantee you in like a m- month or two, we're going to have an episode on TikTok. No. Guys, what is TikTok? I'm not going to host it. Let's Somebody talk about the history of China. You're the only one who could host it. I don't want to host it. 
Unless Nick gets really into it in the next two months. He Probably not. There are a lot of memes in there, bud. There are. There are a lot of memes in there, bud. Let's close yeah. this episode out. Board Thank you guys trains. so much for listening. Come back next Friday when we have a special guest on who is yet to be confirmed. It's not me. I hate to blow your bubble there. One of these days, we're going to pull like us from another dimension in, and we're going to do that. And it's going to be like production value out, off off the chain, a lot of editing time, but it's going to be neat. Yeah, we could do that for the next Halloween special. 2021. All right. Well, I'm going to... Sorry, I blacked out. <laughs> I was wondering. See you guys Your next week. glazed over. It was incredible. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get going. You going to go? I'm going to head out. All right. I'm going to leave my own house. Okay. I just want to say goodbye to them. I miss uh, them. Yeah, I we miss can, them when we stop recording. We can end the episode. Okay. I promise that you guys will be back next week. Okay. See you later. Bye. Entertain This is hosted by Nick Mustakangas, Michael Savoya, and Alex Steele. Our intro music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer, with additional music by DJW. We release new episodes every Friday. Hope to see you then.